This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet, until her righteousness goes forth like brightness, and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's good to be with you as we conclude another week of broadcasting. And if you were with us, you know the theme this week has been, How Long Shall You Halt Between Two Opinions? This comes right out of 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21. When the prophet Elijah came there, all the people and said to the false prophets, How long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. And you know, it's important for us to consider these words because our lives are basically a series of choices. And if the Lord is God, we need to follow him. We spoke clearly out of 1 Kings 18, and we spoke from Matthew chapter 16 with a discussion between Jesus and Peter, and we saw Peter have a revelation from the Father in heaven and yet resort to a view that wasn't of God, it wasn't a revelation. In fact, he became a spokesman for Satan because Jesus even said to him, Get get thee behind me, Satan. You savor the things of man and not of God. And that came, Shelley, when Jesus was explaining to the disciples that he had to suffer many things and go to the cross and die. And Peter said, Lord, keep it far from you. And that shows the um, uh, way of man and also not allowing ourselves to live in our own opinions or our own heart, but saying, Lord, what is it on your heart? Because Jesus' suffering and going to the cross, Shelley, is what enabled you and me and every listener who knows the Lord to come to the saving knowledge of God. Amen. Amen. And isn't it interesting, Junie, that immediately following that portion of Scripture, we read in Matthew 16, Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life shall lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake shall find it. For what will a man be profited if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? And the word for life there, originally, the first portion of it, is a soulish life. It's a suke. It's not the eternal life. It's not the Spirit of God. And God is telling us today more than ever because of the day and the age that we're living in. We need to deny our soulish life and live in the Spirit. 
which is the Ruach, to That's live right. a life the Holy in Spirit. the Ruach HaKodesh. So we've Amen. been talking about self-denial, and I want to read a uh, man from a man named Baxter, who is a writer during the age of the Puritans. It is a plain contradiction to be saved without self-denial. For as it is self that we must be saved from, to stick to self is to be lost and miserable, and therefore not to be saved. Those are strong words, Junie, and we need to see that self-denial is such a vital ingredient in the whole issue of, of salvation, because we need to be saved totally and completely. And yesterday we concluded our program by looking at 2 Corinthians 5.15, which says, And he died for all, that they who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. As Jesus denied himself, we need to deny ourselves so he can live his life freely in us and through us. And we find in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 14, If you are reviled for the name of the Messiah or the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. Shelley, if we really kept that in mind, that if we do well and we are reviled for doing well, that the spirit of glory, the glory of God rests on us, we could really Lord. be at peace. And you know, Junie, as you said that, we got to put these two things together. How many of us really want the glory of God to experience the glory of God but you know what I'm saying through what you just said and through the week of broadcasting? There can be no glory until we are willing to first deny ourselves. Because man, God will not share his glory with another, but he wants to demonstrate his glory in us and through us. So what you're saying, Shelley, is the natural man would not want to be reviled for doing good. That's right. It's That's all right. a supernatural impartation from the Lord. Let's go on. First Peter 4, verse 16. If anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not feel ashamed, but in that name, hallelujah, but in that name, let him glorify God. You know what, Junie? If we're like that, one thing is sure, we are not halting. This is self-denial, and that is choosing God's way. And if the Lord be God, follow him. We cannot serve two masters. God is calling us to follow and serve him. We find in John chapter 5, verse 30, I can do nothing on my own initiative. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So really, if Jesus walking in the flesh could do nothing yes, on his own initiative, then how much more should we know that we need to be moved by the Holy Spirit to do all things in him, by him, and through him? Amen. And another verse is 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. So it's a vital subject, Junie. And we have to ask ourselves, what is our life but a series of choices? Do we choose our own way or are we going to deny ourselves and seek the will of the Lord? I'd like to wrap up with you this week of uh, teaching by looking at the book of Ruth. And we understand I encourage you, there's four short chapters to read the book of Ruth. 
There was a famine in the land of Israel, so Elimelech, his wife and two sons, left Israel to go to Moab. Elimelech died, and the two sons married two Moabite women, Orpah and Ruth. About ten years later, the two sons died, and the famine was, was over, and they were to return to Israel, to the land of Judah. Naomi, Naomi the mother, told her two daughters-in-laws to return to their respective homes in Moab. And this is what happened. If you have your Bibles, turn with us to the book of Ruth, because it's really a, a wonderful conclusion to what we've been speaking here. And it's a powerful testimony of de- self-denial. And Elimelech, Shelley, left Israel because there was a famine, but he didn't ask the Lord. That's right. He desired for his family to be fed, which was a good thing, but he didn't ask the Lord. And as a result, Elimelech died and his two sons. And Naomi was heartbroken and really realized the Lord dealt bitterly with her. Amen. So I'm reading from Ruth, chapter 1, beginning at verse 11. (laughs) But Naomi said, Return, my daughters, why should you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb, that they may be your husbands? Return, my daughters, go, for I am too old to have a husband. If I said I have hope, if I should even have a husband tonight and also bear sons, would you therefore wait? Until they were grown, would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is harder for me than for you, for the hand of the Lord has gone forth against me. And they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Then she said, Behold, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. She was talking to Ruth then. And Ruth being truly a woman of God, said to Naomi, who was her mother-in-law, Do not urge me to leave you or turn back from following you, for where you go, I will go, and where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, your, my God, And where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. Then may the Lord do to me, and worse, if anything but death parts you and me. And to understand that Ruth, being a Moabitess, was going into the land of Israel where everyone would think of her as an enemy because the Moabites were the enemy of Israel. But Ruth wanted to stay with her mother-in-law, recognizing that the Lord God of Israel was the God of the whole earth, and she would stay with her mother-in-law, help her mother-in-law, and there was nothing in it for her. Just as Shelley read that um, there was no way for her to marry according to a natural way because she was going into the land of Israel where people would think of her as an enemy. It's an amazing story, June. And you know what's interesting? When you look at the two daughters-in-law, there's not another word spoken or even hinted about Orpah, who on the surface looked like a a real wonderful daughter-in-law because she even kissed her mother goodbye. But Ruth clung to her. 
And we need to learn, these are the days that we need to cling to Jesus. So while never hearing of Orpah again, we know that Ruth received an eternal reward because she married a man, Boaz, and they brought forth children. Number one, they brought, they brought forth Obed. From Obed was born Jesse, and from Jesse was born David. So Ruth, a Moabite woman, is even included in the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah. What an eternal reward she received. And we believe that that was because she was willing to deny herself, stay with her mother-in-law, because she knew who the God of her mother-in-law was. And it's a powerful testimony of self-denial, because when we give up our thoughts and our ways, we can then see God's ways and live accordingly. And who would have ever thought of the reward that was given to Ruth in what she thought would be no future but suffering? Yes, Lord. Well, this being Friday, we want to identify ourselves with our Jewish kinsmen by reciting the Shema. And if you know it, we invite you to say it along with us. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God. The Lord is one. O Lord, help us to remember you, to take up our cross and deny ourselves and follow you. And thank you for the eternal reward that waits us all because you are the King, King of the Jews, in Yeshua's holy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona, 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona, 85252. And you can also contact them on their website, ShelleyAndJuneVolk.com. That's ShelleyAndJuneVolk.com. Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.